Well, thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast. Um, my name's Simon. I'm the MD and owner of a digital agency in Bristol called Focus Gov. Um, this is the first in a series of podcasts that we're going to be doing about some of the work that we're doing with local authorities and um, essentially using digital uh, websites and apps to help local authorities connect and engage with vulnerable groups. Uh, I'm joined in today's podcast by two of my colleagues who will say hello now. Hello. Uh, yeah, my name's Neil Smith and I'm the technical director at FocusGov. So I'll be talking about all of the uh, technical aspects. And I'm Jordana Jeffrey, and I am the designer. So this podcast is specifically about the Care Leavers app, which is one of the projects we've been working on for a couple of years now. It's been commissioned by about 12 or 13 local authorities who have each now got their own version of the app. And essentially, it is something that young people who are leaving local authority care can have on their phone, on their tablet, 24-7 to provide help and support as they move to independent living. The Care Leavers app started life almost as an emergency button, really. It was designed initially to be something that a young person could use at three o'clock in the morning to get information when the PA wasn't available or support workers weren't around. And it's, it's grown from there. It has an interesting history in that the first version that we did of the app, we went and showed to young people and they hated it, frankly. Um, they liked the idea, but they didn't like what we'd done in terms of graphics, in terms of content, in terms of some of the tech and the way that it worked. So, um, so we hit the road and we took the app to eight or nine groups of young people that we work with on a regular basis and they turned it into what we have now, which is the Care Leavers app, which was brilliant and it's exactly what the app needed. Um, so it's fully co-produced with young people in terms of the way that it looks, um, in terms of the way that it functions. There are some nice technical features there, such as some parts of the app work without an internet connection, which is very useful in some scenarios for young people. It has lots of languages, so we support over 100 languages, so you can have your content translated into lots and lots of different languages. One of the advantages of the Care Leavers app is it gives local authorities the ability to publish their local offer for Care Leavers, which is legislation that came along in 2018. And why we did it as an app was that we were found with young people that engagement with apps was much higher than with websites. Um, we've run many sessions, many engagement sessions with young people, and it really opens your eyes as to how they use digital. I do remember at one session asking young people what websites they used and got a blank series of faces in return. And I explained, well, surely you use things like Facebook and Twitter and, and that sort of thing. And, and they didn't. They, they press buttons on their phones, on their tablets. They don't type in web addresses. They don't use digital in the same way as maybe someone a little older like myself would. And if it's not a button on the phone, it's not a service that they'll engage with. So our own experience led us to creating something app-based rather than website-based. And I think our experience since then has kind of backed that up as well. I think there's something quite 
compelling about using apps. For a start, you get that simplicity of you can just go and download this app from the app store. Um, you know, there's not that kind of, well, I guess go onto this website and, you know, you, you just get that. It's, it's a much simpler message. Um, and everyone's, especially all the young people, are very, very familiar with the app stores that are appropriate for their devices. But yeah. And of course, once you've got the app downloaded, you know, you've got it. It's there on your phone. It almost then acts as a bit of a reminder. Quite often I find myself installing an app previously and then going onto my phone and then and then I'm getting that visual reminder. Oh yeah, you look you downloaded this app yesterday. So you kind of get this, oh yeah, I was I was going to take a look at that. Yeah. yeah, which of course is something you don't necessarily get with with a website. Yeah, and it's worth saying as well that local authorities are they have access to a, a content management system. So they can um, at any time, 24-7 basis, log in and make changes to their app content, add new pages. Um, if there's, I mean, some good examples, obviously recently has been some of our customers publishing information around the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been a great way for councils to get important information about coronavirus out to young people on their devices. And we can support that also with push notifications. I'm sure we've all seen and used push notifications, which are the, the messages you get on your phone to say that an app has got some new content. Um, so we're able to provide that sort of functionality as well. And these push notifications hopefully encourage young people to use the app and check out any new content that's been published. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, I mean, the admin system that you mentioned there, that works with the multi-language capabilities as well. So the local authority can go into the admin system. Yeah. Maybe they've got a new piece of advice that they need to pass on or, you know, whether it's as simple as a, a phone number change or something more complicated, <laughs> like, yeah, some new COVID guidelines or whatever it is that they need to get out there. They can just go and log into an admin system from a web browser anywhere so they don't need any special software installed they can just log into a website with some details that we've given them find the piece of text that they want to change change it they just hit the save button and behind the scenes that is translated from english into any of their supported languages using machine-based translation so all of that gets translated you know completely automatically and then the apps themselves, when they are, when the young people are using them, the next time they fire them up and they have an internet connection, the app in the background makes contact with the admin system effectively to download any of those new changes. So the young person doesn't need to do anything. They don't need to click an update button or something. They just get the new changes uh, coming down into their app as soon as they've got a network. Perfect. I'm going to talk about the design of the apps in a minute. I'm going to talk to Jordana about some co-production sessions that we include as part of our projects. But it's probably just worth looking at the main kind of functional elements of the app first and what it consists of. So we have the ability for leaving care teams to publish information and advice. You can have as many sections as you like and with as many pages within each section. But generally, these cover subjects such as housing, getting ready for work, health and well-being. Um, money. 
managing money yes yeah mm. managing money and avoiding debt which we know is a is a is a bit of a problem with with care leavers so that's an that's generally the section where customers have been publishing their local offer and all those pages have a very small kind of feedback mechanism where users can score a page to show how useful they think that content has been and that highlights some pages back to the admin team maybe if there's a page that isn't scoring well that's something that they can review um, alongside that we have an events calendar so obviously at the moment not too many events taking place but there are virtual events um, and you can list both physical and virtual events uh, when they're taking place any urls um, for physical events you can include maps um, of venues and contact details and times and dates so that's useful because when we met care leavers a lot of them told us that social isolation was a problem um, moving to independent living for the first time didn't want people to get cut off from their community so events are a good way to try and encourage young people to get out and about and to to get involved Similarly, another part of the app, we have a directory of local services. And these tend to be support groups or other organisations that can offer help and support to young people. Some local authorities have used this section also to list details of colleges, of libraries, of health centres. One of the nice features of this section is that you get to upload an image of the venue, which is something that young people told us was important to them. I want to see what this venue looks like, what the front door looks like before I go. I mean, that's even something that I used to use myself when going to lots of meetings. Um, yeah. Um, so that's that's a nice feature. And, I, and again, for each organisation, you get contact details and maps and address details. So again, letting young people know there are people out there to support them um, mm. and all available to them um, as part of the app. Because that was all part of the, I remember when I was younger, that was all part of the stress was the build up to arriving somewhere. Yeah. Making sure you're even in this in the right place is just, yeah. it's just one less thing for them to worry about. Definitely. Yeah. We have a discounts and offers section, which has been quite successful in the couple of apps that it's been implemented in along the lines of the care lever covenant, which um, we also did the app for. Just dropping that in. Um, we have a section where local authorities can get local businesses to list discounts and offers that they might be offering care leavers. Uh, could be half-price gym membership. It could be free uh, meals at Nando's. It could be free broadband. It could be care leave um, council tax exemption. But that's a nice section that has come out of some work where we've we're looking into ways to ensure that the app is used regularly. It's not just something that's used a couple of times. Um, and I think by adding discounts and offers in this way, I think it's something that care leavers will return to the app to see the latest things listed. And we have a news section as well. So you can publish um, blog articles within the app um, for young people to read. So that I think pretty much covers most of the fundamental bits of what we call our standard version of the app as well. We have a, um, a couple of additional add-ons, which we'll maybe touch on after we've talked about design, um, such, as the, such as the secure messaging. Sure. And just to say, of course, all of those sections that you've just mentioned are optional. So if you, yep. 
if it's not appropriate for you to have any of those, or you just don't have anything to add to one of the sections, there's no need to stress about that. The section only needs to be there if the local authority wants it there. So, design. Jordana, we, um, one of the things that we do in each project is we run, I guess, what we call a design engagement workshop, which mm-hmm. I'll let you tell more, but is, de- is designed to um, get young people's input into how, generally, how the app looks. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say that co-production is the key to the success of the design of the apps. And that's built on the principle that those who are affected buy a service, the best place to help design it. So, yeah, we host these engagement sessions or workshops um, where we visit the young people in person and talk to them about what it is exactly that they want from the app, what they want to get out of it, how they want it to look, how they want it to work. We'll talk about fonts and colours and imagery, tone of voice. We'll even chat about existing apps to get their opinions on what they like at the moment and why or what they would change about apps they like or don't like. And the thing that comes out of this for me is that young people should not be underestimated. I think without co-production, you come up with designs that are based on assumptions made about them. And they're not silly. They know they they know when something has been made without consulting people like themselves. And it almost turns into a bit of a therapy session because they'll sit down and with me and start complaining about that. They'll say how glad they are that we're doing this. And that's why it has led to some tricky conversations, isn't it, with commissioners who want a local authority branded app when the young people are telling us that's really what they don't want. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, they need to involve the young people and get their opinion to adhere to legislation. So um, that does need to be considered a priority that we're giving them, the users, the end users, what they want. And these workshops embrace an approach that shifts beyond engagement and places young care leavers at the centre of the design. So the results in um, that results in collective ownership, which is always going to be a success. Yeah, and, we, and we've put some effort into designing these workshops. I mean, you've come up with ways of ensuring that everyone gets a say. And we all know there are young people who don't like to speak out in the crowd or just want to sit at the back or whatever, and, and you've got a couple of good ways in that you know, overcoming that and ensuring they get their input. Because I remember as a young person, I remember when I was a young person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and even though I was quite an extrovert as a child, which you might find that difficult to believe, but in at times <laughs> like that, I would sit back. I wasn't, wasn't confident enough about my ideas. And I'd listen to other people's ideas and think, oh, mine's as good as that but I still just couldn't bring myself to, to share it. So, okay, so they've got comment boxes so that young people can uh, place their ideas and thoughts and feedback in there. Um, some of them would prefer to hang back and talk to you um, more privately um, to share their ideas. So not everyone gets to discuss them, but we um, value everyone's opinion and ideas and they all get noted no matter how they're submitted. I I guess as a designer, or perhaps it's just my character, I tend to 
look around anyway to just read people and see who looks like they want to get more involved than their confidence will allow I guess so then I'll take choose the right moment to ask them for their input or and I'll change the way I do that depending on how I perceive their character um, I might say it in front of everyone or I might wait till everyone's working together and go and sit with them obviously I guess you're talking there more about a physical event in a room but we have done them remotely as well over the last few months we had a good session on a project recently with 15 young people I think across two two or three local authorities that seemed to go pretty well as well yeah that went very well we we faced hurdles we'd prepared to jump so um it was a success sometimes uh it was possibly in some ways better because we found that those if we go back to those who are anxious about contributing that meant that they through digital they were able to almost hide behind the screen and type their input so Mm. which also meant we were getting double the information we would be getting because we'd have, be having a conversation on one channel and then there'd be written responses going on that we were able to note down as we went along because we don't keep a transcript for GDPR purposes, but we definitely made sure we didn't miss anything. I guess it can be something quite simple that comes up, like the fact that these Care Leavers apps, we wouldn't normally end up calling them a care leavers app because one thing that the young person won't want is an app sat on their phone with abc care leavers app there somewhere prominent on the home page but I, I guess there's all sorts of little bits of feedback that you'll be getting from young people in these sessions yeah and everybody is different so that's part of the challenge as well is if two ideas are completely different which do we go with because sometimes mm. a compromise doesn't suit either but sometimes uh, accessibility can make that decision for us because uh, it means there's a little less flexibility in certain design decisions, which is the, the WCAG 2.1 that we make sure we adhere to. Which I think is um, legislation from next June for mobile apps. It is. Mm-hmm. It was September for websites, so we're hot on that. But yeah. And this is, I mean, I guess for anybody that isn't, Uh, familiar this is legislation about making sure that apps in this instance although websites as well and other digital content are easily accessible to people with with just a range of conditions that might mean that using that app is a little more difficult for them you know whether it's down to things like making sure that the the text is resizable so it's easier to read or making sure that if they've got screen reader type functionality the content that we're arranging to be read out it makes sense in terms of what's on the page and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah yeah accessibility Mm -hmm. regulations have been put in place because um all users with and without disabilities have the right to the same online experience is the kind of fundamental thinking behind it so it's a way of providing digital equality So like you say, Neil, yeah, accessibility options offer disabled users alternative ways of accessing the app by as many people as reasonably possible without the need for special adaptation. Okay, great. I just want to um, talk a little bit about one of the more 
recent additions, if you like, to that, which is the secure messaging. So this is something that came along from one of our customers wanted, um, they had a care leavers app, but they wanted something a little more two-way. And I think this is where this has grown from. We now have probably six or seven local authorities using our secure messaging service. I don't use WhatsApp, so I can't vouch for this, but I'm told it's a very WhatsApp-style messaging environment. But what we've built is really a, a secure channel of communication between the local authority and the young person. This isn't something that young people can contact other young people through at all. A young person can only start a chat session with their local authority. A local authority can have a, a messaging session with one young person or a group, a selected group of young people or everyone. Um, so wide range of possible scenarios for that use. But Neil, it's all nice and secure and encrypted, which has been one of the big things that's been really important to us when developing this messaging tool. Absolutely, yes. I mean, it's, I guess its primary features from that viewpoint are certainly security and encryption has been you know, baked in from the get-go so that um, you know, all of the messages are encrypted in transit and when they hit the servers, they are... Um, or fully encrypted at rest. And that goes as well for things like the attachments. You can send photos and videos and exchange files on the service and everything's always encrypted. But I think as well as that, the differentiator between this system and something that's quite commonly accessible, you know, whether it's WhatsApp or iMessage or Facebook Messenger or any of those, the plethora of messaging systems that are already out there, is that this system is under control of the LA. When a lot of these messaging systems are free in theory, but they're owned by some big corporation that are actually making money by advertising or monetizing the information in some fashion. And of course, you, you never quite know what adverts are going to be inserted next week or how the provider might be analysing the content of your message to try and place contextual advertisements in it. You, know, you never quite know what's going to happen and you're just not in control of it. So yeah, the secure messaging system aims to bring all of that within control of the local authority. All of the users need to be pre-approved before they can exchange messages with the, um, the LA. And everything is in control and all in one place, in data centres in the UK, that kind of thing. And there's lots of nice administrative features as well, um, which you wouldn't get with a, a WhatsApp or a, um, a Facebook Messenger or anything. I mean, you can mm -hmm. download conversations as an admin which I think some local authorities are then attaching to local case management software. You can remove messages, you can suspend users. As, as Neil says, it's very much all in the local authority control. And Neil mentioned the attachments there, and we're already finding some of our local authorities are finding that really useful in terms of sending copies of pathway plans. We know that engagement rates with pathway plans are really poor, and in fact we're we're just starting work around a digital pathway plan to try and increase those conversion rates, if you like. Um, but for now, you know, the ability to send a PDF version of a pathway plan through the messaging system, all nice and safe and secure and encrypted, I think is a big plus. 
for some local authorities. So, yeah, the messaging is being used now, but I think it has the potential to be quite revolutionary, I think one customer told us. And we're building on that already in terms of video messaging. Um, Mm -hmm. We are entering a pilot, hopefully, with a couple of local authorities to support one-to-one video calls. But again, all safe, all encrypted, and all within a centralised place, all through all through the app. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, the video messaging, I think, again, one of the primary advantages there is the centralization. You don't need another user account somewhere. You don't need another app. You don't need to have conversations like, oh, I can send you a, a Zoom link. Oh, I haven't got, I've got, yeah, exactly. I don't have Zoom on my phone. I've got Zoom on my laptop. I've got, I've got Skype. Do you use Skype? No, I don't use Skype. If you've got FaceTime, no, I can't FaceTime. I'm on Android. <laughs> you, 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 all of this, uh, Everything just works in one consistent app experience. So, yeah, I think that nicely wraps up where we are really with the CareLeavers app. There's lots of exciting things going on. It's a nice established service now in with, as I say, a good number of local authorities. And I think the benefits and the outcomes are positive. If this has whetted your appetite to go and find out more, there's more information on our website. There are some good examples of apps we have done for other local authorities available on iOS, App Store and Google Play. I think some good examples would be the South Gloucestershire Bridges app, the Camden Pocket PA and Hull 16 to 25 Connect But there's many more, and um, do get in touch if you'd like to know any of the others or any other information about CareLeavers app and the work that we're doing around it. That's the end of our first podcast. Thanks to Neil, and thanks to Jordana. Thank you. Thank you. We think our next podcast is going to be around Send Local Offer and the work that we're doing there, and there's definitely some interesting new stuff going on in that sector, so that will be... uh, interesting to do that one so thanks very much again for listening and have a good evening